You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning Dungeons & Dragons Show, or D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I'm joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. And yes, we're live. There's some some conspiracy theories going through the <laughs> chat here on YouTube saying that... It's not we, live. That Oh, not maybe real. it's been pre-recorded all along. Uh, <gasps> they figured us out. They might have figured us out. Um, that is crazy. But yes, no, uh, we're back. We're live. Uh, mm -hmm. It's Hey, a pre-recorded show is better than no show, I feel. So, yeah. yeah, we were live because I really do feel like Sir Lucian was chatting in chat. He was right and there. I'm pretty sure I saw... Jordan in chat at some point. So uh, Jordan was, yeah, yeah, Jordan was in chat the whole time. He was See? not chasing a toddler. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Welcome back, everybody. I'm very excited to be here today. Uh, as not, I, I would say not all weeks are like this, but sometimes yeah. Thursday, like afternoon, I'm like, oh, I should figure out what we're going to talk about. Or Friday, I should say. Friday afternoon, mm -hmm. I'm like, we should figure out what we're talking about. And we had a very small list. And then this morning we just found a bunch of new stuff and now we have like a full show and it seems to always work out that way. Like, yeah, it's just really, really funny. So, uh, oh, maybe Jordan and Lucian are AI. Yeah. I don't know. I, this is unrelated, but have you seen those AI art programs that are now floating yeah. around on the internet? Oh, definitely. So, uh, uh, one of our, one of our, um, discord people in the discord, mm -hmm. uh, He's in the beta of one of them, and he started putting in some very specific, like, art styles and things like that, and made some very cool RPG kind of style art. Like, things That's that I awesome. was like, I would love to see that on a cover, you know? <laughs> and I... Cool. I think that's bad for artists, obviously, sure. because <laughs> artists are like, well, that's that's cool. Um, but I was also thinking about it. Um, if that that could be really cool to get artwork for your RPG that you're writing, you know, and, you know. and bring down the cost of a lot of stuff. Um, but then at the same time, you're putting artists out of work. So I don't think I like that at all. But I was like, yeah. I was looking at it and I'm like, if it would be that simple for me to be like, I need this picture in this style with mm -hmm. this, these colors, and then it would just generate it. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. You know, and you like slap a logo on it and you call it good. I don't yeah. know. And we, we can't be that far because there's also, I'm pretty sure they're working on AI story writers. So it wouldn't be a big stretch to say there's an AI adventure writer matched with an AI art director yeah. generator, then matched with say an art uh, AI editor. And you've got a full company of AI. Yeah, we're, we're just making books for you. <laughs> we're just out of uh, out of jobs all around. And yeah, then so they'll if you have find, no talent. Yeah. They'll find AIs go. to play the games. Right. And to those AIs will get jobs to get money. Yeah. And then And the AI Dungeon Masters yeah. are happening too. Yeah. I know there's oh, yeah. two different That's projects true. I've heard of really? for AI Dungeon Masters. So that could be the wave of the future. I don't know. It's crazy. And then we're ahead of the game, Dungeon, because here at the show we're AI, so yeah, we're we are artificial game. intelligence. <laughs> um, over there, that's uh, his actual name is Albert, and my name is ah, uh, in, yeah. Ingenious, and together we are mm -hmm. AI. I don't know. Um, yeah, humans just won't be necessary anymore. It'll be like, what in the <laughs> wide world of sports is happening? Could you imagine watching a live play? Of, of AI. AI players, AI dungeon master by an AI story generator in an AI generated RPG yeah. with AI assets on 
But the one human is the camera guy who goes in back the, and forth yeah. between the computer screens. He's like, okay, yeah. focus in on AI Sally. Yeah, that would be perfect. Um, I wonder if that would be a full kind of evolution, like what happened Genre. in the the eighties where like computer games got very popular and D and D heavily influenced computer games in the nineties, eighties, nineties and stuff. Well, I should say mm -hmm. art role-playing games, you know, yeah. um, but the concept of experience and things like that, just how do you remember? Like I remember when Pokemon came out and then every other game was like, you got to collect stuff and we yeah. have two versions of the game. And like it, that was the gimmick that they're like, Oh, yeah, gamers the gotcha want this. Gimmick. And I feel like D and D did that as well, but also, um, stood the test of time. Like, we still mm -hmm. like experience. We still like yeah. classes. We still like things like that. We like leveling up. Like, a lot of people, I like leveling up. I love it. Um, but for me, I was playing so many of those video games that it was actually, like, way more fun to go back to actually playing the board games at the table mm. yeah. and get rid of the electronic element and make it more of a human element. And so I wonder if this would be a similar thing. But I do like the idea of... Like, I kind of want, like, a dragon story and then have a, an AI-generated adventure for me and then play it. I think that would be kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Kind of like they, and remember the first iteration of this, maybe it wasn't AI-generated, but they had those books for, I mean, I was one of those kids who saw Dungeons & Dragons as a 10-year-old or 11 or 12, whatever it was, and but then couldn't ever find it or didn't know that other people would do it again because that nephew's, you know, brother went away the only thing i could find were those books were those choose your own adventure books yeah. and in my little brain that was a leap of technology of what i can choose my own adventure and then i could go to another page and then the the story's different when i do that that's like the analog version of you know like a a, a generated experience like you're talking about so yeah we've only just expanded on that and you know, eventually we'll get into the virtual reality realm of that and what that could bring to mm -hmm. our hobby. But I do like what you talked about, too. It's a cycle, right? Because we probably go deep for a few years. Like right now, we're in the renaissance, I think, of tabletop RPGs. And it will probably wane at some point. I don't know if it's night now. I don't think it is. But, you know, five, ten years, it'll be like, okay, we're all, we've done it. We did it. Everybody had a chance to do it. And it might go back to more everybody's playing, I don't know, MMOs or something comes back or some new oh, thing comes and back. That's another we do thing, that like, for 20 years. Yeah. And then we come back and we're like, no, I want to get back at the table again. You know, yeah. so it's like this big cycle of. Like MMOs were huge. And now yeah. I feel like, like uh, I don't know anybody that plays one now. Yeah, hardly. You know? Yeah. Whereas, like, yep. if you weren't playing world of warcraft or final fantasy 11 it was mm -hmm. like wait what oh you're yeah. playing star wars oh okay <laughs> and, and something like COVID is probably one of those things that could trigger a little bit of that too because all of a sudden if you force people inside say for a year and a half yeah well the things they're going to look for after that are going to be things that are outside or with other people because they just mm. spent a year and a half with themselves or you know just their family so yeah so i could see things like that happening too so yeah it's it's interesting to see where it's going and what's you know what could be next because we're still, I think, in that really popular time of tabletop role playing. I don't, I don't think it's heading down at all. It still feels like it's going up and up and up, and more and more people are seeing it, and more and more people are getting involved. So, yeah, uh, we do. Fun. We have some people in chat that are like, "Well, I play Final Fantasy 14, and I know you played that for a little bit, so I guess I did. I MMOs are still I... around. I just yes, yeah, I'm sure there's World of Warcraft players, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't everybody was playing it. <laughs> Um, in the news, uh, Radiant Citadel comes out July 19th. 
10 uh, days? Chapter 10 days, yeah. So chapter one is available on D&D Beyond for free for anybody. Go pick it up and read it. Um, it's not, uh, I mean, it's, it's just kind of like, here's the Citadel. I think, I mean, it's just a teaser, let's be honest. Um, it is chapter one from what I can tell, but you're, you're not getting a lot of, um, there's not an, there's not an adventure here yet. It's kind of the, you know, let's set up this world and stuff, but it mm -hmm. looks pretty cool. I'm, again, we've been talking about it that I'm, I'm very interested in it. Um, and I really like these crystal animals in the art. Like there's a, there's like a ruby pangolin <laughs> of all things mm -hmm. and a, a obsidian raven that's like, or an eagle that's flying around. So it's, it's cool. Uh, oh, amber scorpion. Like I, I like this a lot. So I'm going to. Yeah. It's a book I've curious. decided I'm picking up, you know, 19th. I'll go down to my store and pick it up for sure. Um, oh, and I wanted to talk about um, Tome of Heroes came out. Are you familiar with this by Cobalt Press? I feel like I've heard it, but I've not looked at it lately, so I'd have yeah, to be well, reminded. They had a Kickstarter, Tome of Heroes, mm -hmm. and it's a bunch of uh, feats and class options, like all you know, it, the yeah. like it's ex it's Player's Handbook three for all intents and mm -hmm. purposes. Um, intents and purposes, yeah. Uh, intensive. I can't read it right. Intense. Um, they're camping. What? Yeah, something. <laughs> it's not in TPs. I'll tell you that. Uh, <laughs> so I received my copy, which was exciting, and I was going over it the other day. There's, uh, there's a couple of them that are not, uh, as robust as other ones. Where I kind of read that, and I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to play that because that's just weaker than this other version that exists. Oh. But I think they were making this before. Uh, I think the Kickstarter happened before Tasha's? Maybe not. Some Anyway, there's a couple of things back and forth that are in there. Uh, they did include a Warforged-style race called Gearforged, which is like, okay, okay you made a Warforged race. Uh, nice. And one of, the, one of the ones that stuck out at me that I thought was kind of interesting is there's a barbarian that when you rage, you grow spikes, like bone spikes. And then ah. if you, like grapple somebody they take damage and i was just like well i want to play that just because it's hilarious <laughs> like and it made me think of like uh that x-men evolution yeah spike uh, yep. <laughs> like grow spikes so there's uh some cool stuff there uh some magic items and uh new backgrounds and feats and stuff i don't know if i would allow all of it at my table but it's kind of fun and if you have that player that is uh, i mean we have so many subclasses i don't think you could get bored from like actual fifth edition or actual wizards of the coast subclasses. But if they right. are, this is a great way to introduce it and be like, well, do you want to try this? Or maybe you go through and say, these seven really fit my world. I want to use this. And so, uh, yeah. but it's out now. Um, you can get a PDF and uh, I believe you can get a hardback once they're done. I mean, it's Cobalt Press. They'll have the books out at some point, but uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, what, Going back a second, what is the only thing they really haven't covered that you kind of would want to go to a, a good third party to get? Because they haven't, you know, uh, Wizards hasn't really covered it class-wise. Yeah. Think the only thing is, like, a pet class. I mean, still pet classes, yeah. they've gotten better, and you can get closer to the things you want. But we still don't have, like, a Pokemon Master mm -hmm. or a, a, you know, a, a collector pet style class so i see there's a hole there that a lot of third-party products could fill and, and i'm sure do there's there's lots like the beast heart and all the ones from you know lots of different places maybe the 
the psionicist have they really yeah. they've sort of done a little bit with it but not well at this point i feel subclasses are we we blanket over other classes like we yeah. got like a healing monk do you remember yeah. that i forget the name yeah. of it but you Radi could, radiant soul something like that yeah and you can use your bonus actions to do stuff mm -hmm. uh that's the best sentence i've ever said ladies and gentlemen put that on a shirt you can use your bonus actions to do stuff <laughs> jordan um the but, so we're i always feel like we're getting like crossover and one of the bard subclasses in tome of heroes is like bard of the elements and so it's just like a, a rock fire a air monk. themed kind of <laughs> you know, water element, yeah. but like you, you're, you're still a bard, but you can use your bardic inspiration to do these weird, like elemental things. Uh, mm -hmm. and it didn't really like, I don't know. It didn't draw me. I was like, well, I don't really want to play an elemental bard. I'd much rather play an elemental sorcerer or this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, like, I, I feel like they're, are we at that stretching point where it's just like, well, it's we've got a lot of subclasses we now. We're really that's the bottom of the barrel as we have now an <laughs> elemental bard. Uh, you know, I think of that a lot, but then if you start flipping through, like say Pathfinders sets of classes and true. subclasses, your brain will go, "What is going on here? And why don't I have this in Dungeons and Dragons?" They have come up with some stuff that blew my mind going through this mm -hmm. game, and I'm like. So I always think, just like you do, if, if I, my first thought for Dungeons & Dragons is they've got it covered. There can't be much more they could, because there's all these subclasses, like you said, that cover, make you feel like a dual class, right? Like, the only one I don't have is Kubo in the third string, which is, uh, you know, I need a bard monk class that can, that lets me make puppets of paper and, and go and uh, rock out on a mm -hmm. guitar. That'd be awesome. Um, but then... I think that first thought, they've got it covered. There can't be much more they would come up with. But then I go see Pathfinder. I go see, you know, a Cypher system. I go see one of these other games. And they uh, remind me there's so much creativity. There's so many things we haven't even thought of yet that when somebody goes, oh, well, what about this subclass? You go, wow. Yeah. I just heard myself somewhere in the back. Yeah, that was me. My, oh, my crazy. volume just went <laughs> weird. Sorry. That guy's weird. Get him out of your room. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know. Uh, it is, uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of very high Kickstarter products that are happening right now. Um, yeah. I uh, roll. This is not sponsored, but Roll for Combat bought a bunch of sponsored videos on my main channel, and uh, they have a big selection of monster books coming out that look really Ooh. cool. But I think that's the industry right now is like oh my gosh yeah. like colville's got a mil two million dollar this and monster book, like yeah. uh, well and everybody's got this and so people are just like chomping at the bit to get it on mm -hmm. kickstarter as fast as they possibly can i feel um mm -hmm. <clears throat> to the point where we were talking that i i wasn't gonna buy colville's book because i'm like i've got all these cobalt press like i'm literally never gonna use it but then there was this fear of missing out that i'm like i might as well just get it now this is dumb and so i got it but um but I need to back off because, especially on fifth edition stuff, because I'm like, I feel like I'm covered for fifth Never. edition. <laughs> like, I don't, right now, the occasional adventure, you know, and, and official Wizards of the Coast stuff, probably that will always be there because it's official. But like, as far as third party stuff, I'm like, man, I've got all kinds of uh, DMs Guild stuff that I've gotten print on demand that I'm probably mm -hmm. not going to use. You know, I bought a couple mm -hmm. things for lore purposes that mm -hmm. I've used, like, a monster out of, but I've never really, like, utilized the book as a whole. So, I don't know. 
Come on, chat. Tell him his answer is not to stop buying stuff. His answer is to start using the stuff you bought. Just yeah, like I do with my Steam library. Like I have a million games in Steam library, and every now and then I have to take a month and force myself to play games I never played, but I just bought and sit in that list. Yeah, we ha- <laughs> no, you I have to play it. <laughs> I have uh, my my good friend Chris. We are we're Steam friends, and we send each other messages whenever we finish a game and then we shame each other whenever we buy a new yeah. game because <laughs> it's yeah. like don't do it you've got you got to finish horizon zero dawn jordan like yeah. what are you doing and you're like i know um, <laughs> i need to start picking games that just have less replayability and then i'll get through them once and be done kind of a thing but good luck then i just go back and play smash brothers again and it's crazy <laughs> right um although uh, now I just want to talk about video games because I've been playing yeah. a lot of video games. There was um, a game called Hyper Light Drifter that came out yeah. on Steam. Very fun game. They tried to kickstart an RPG in that world, but I don't think the game had the same kind of... Uh, I don't think it was popular enough to transition all of those players into an RPG. Because, like, mm-hmm. I found the world confusing, even though it was very beautiful. But I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I wouldn't know how to run a game in Hyperlight Drifter. So yeah. there uh, was another game that I picked up called uh, Na- Na- Naruto Boy. And it is hmm. uh, – there's a Japanese programmer, and something happened to him. And, and it's kind of like Tron. You're the character. You're, like, the little program that needs to go into – the universe to fight off the evil programs to save mm-hmm. his memories and hopefully find out what happened. So it's kind of this platformer, but it's also a mystery of what's going on. And I've got this cool techno blade and everything's like eighties rock and pixels. And I was thinking this would be an awesome MMO or not an MMO, a tabletop RPG. I was like, that would be so cool. But I was like, Oh, it's the same problem with Hyperlife drifter. Like I like the visuals, but those visuals aren't going to translate into a really cool story. Right. Until I know what the story is, you know, <laughs> and so yeah, thought it was interesting, but a uh, really really cool game. I'm enjoying it. Hopefully, my Steam Deck email comes soon, and then I can get my Steam Deck. I wanted I it to happen before Gen Con for the plane ride, right. but that is not <laughs> going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I kept looking at it because I thought I could get one too, but since you don't even have one yet, I was like, I'm gonna wait. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna try to order it. It might be a year before. I get yeah. my thing. Uh, not a year from today, but a year from when I ordered. So we'll see. Craziness. 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 Um, I did want to mention. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So the only reason I brought this up is it really our our good buddy uh, from Nerd Immersion. Who? He's on vacation at the moment, but he did post a, a video about the Don't D&D movie plot. Got leaked, I believe. Not that I went and looked at it because I want to be surprised and I want to oh, go really? in with no expectations. So I'm like, I've stayed away from whatever... I just know Chris Pine's in it, and that's about it. I forget anything else at this oh, point. I'm just, just going to go in fresh. Okay. I think it was a couple of days ago. Um, but he okay. was also talking about that they were going to show either the movie or a longer part of the movie or a bigger teaser of the movie at Comic-Con, which is on in a couple of weeks also, same week that we're getting um, Radiant Citadel coming out, you know, 721 through 724 at the end of that week, that weekend. Um comic-con will be happening so i wonder if we'll get some announcements there we'll start to see more stuff about the movie yeah we might see another drop of a trailer of some sort maybe we'll get to see kind of where they're going or what they're doing with that um i'm interested to see you know how they tackle it are they trying to go 
humor? Are they trying to go serious? Are they trying to do both? Are they? Um, is it a story we might recognize? Are they going to put a recognizable villain in it? Is it going to be all just new and not forgotten realms based? You know, like I'm. It's forgotten I'm realms based on all these yeah. things. Oh, it is. So yeah. They did so there's a. Realms. I don't even know that. <laughs> they reference Neverwinter very specifically, so it's okay, Sword Coast. So. So you just spoiled um, it for me. Thank you. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I did know that. Um, but yeah, there, there's. I don't think it's a trailer, but they're gonna show some footage that they've been working on. Um, yeah. From what I just saw here, it looks like somebody said that there is a displacer beast in one of the scenes. So Ooh, the, that's the a six, six-legged kind of yeah, tentacles could be really cool. Yeah. Black Panther. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they want to. They they're gonna they're gonna not. It's not fan service, I think, but they're gonna lean heavily on the iconic monsters. Like if we don't see a beholder, I'm gonna be really like shocked. surprised. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So, well, I'm just curious on how they portray. Like, are they just gonna do a story that's a fantasy story, or are they gonna somehow impart to us that we have a paladin and a bard? And, uh, you know, like, are we going to see the classes? Are we going to see some of the mechanics of the world and referenced in the movie so that we really tie into knowing it's our game? Or is it just sometimes when they do a movie that's set in our game, they don't reference any of the actual, you know, it's just somebody running around. You don't know if they're a paladin or you don't know if they're a cleric or. Well, it's called Honor Among Thieves. So I think we're going to have yeah. a lot of rogues. Some thieves. <laughs> we're going to have some rogues. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, we've talked about this before where I, I really like how uh, the Lego movie handled it. And I like mm-hmm. a lot of other things. But I, I don't know. I, I feel they're going to take a very safe Marvel route. And it's they're they want to start a Dungeons and Dragons cinematic universe like that. I think that is their hope. And mm-hmm. whether they do that through, um, whether they do that through heroes, and we really latch on to Chris Pine being the Iron Man of D and D kind of a thing, or right. what I want them to do is latch on to the villains because everybody knows Orcus and everybody knows Vecna. Uh, not everybody, but like fans of the that's those are the things that that carry through the stories, not, you know, like Espen flame Drake, who I really love. He's my character, but nobody else knows who that is. Mm-hmm. So I think in order for it to work, you have to lean on those characters that everyone recognizes. But I, I don't know if they'll like pan the camera out at the end. And it turns out that it was just a bunch of kids playing at a table. And then, you know, someone turns to the, to the straight to the camera and breaks the fourth wall and says, and you can play too. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know if it'll be that cheesy, but well, or like never ending story version where you're seeing two stories at once kind yeah. of thing that the Fred Savage kind of cool moment. Well, I think that is I a would cool way that, to it's do. Like, I am a 10 year old boy and I got sucked ah. into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. What am I going to yeah. do? Like I want him to take it seriously. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, we'll but that's see. what the original D and D cartoon. Was oh yeah. Too, remember? Yeah. So, and that's what everybody, and that was great. No, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> it was great. What are you talking about? <laughs> Hot takes from Jordan. I watched a couple episodes. I 80s know. cartoon. Well, you can't rewatch them now. They're not as good. But back then, as you're a kid, you're like, yes, suck me but into back some when fantasy you world. Idiot child. It was wonderful. <laughs> you didn't want to be in your neighborhood. You just want to be somewhere else. <laughs> so it's it's funny. Uh, and I, I, I guess this is a Hasbro move. But, you know, we talk about they Wizards of the Coast doesn't go to Gen Con anymore. They don't do a lot of mm-hmm. these events that they that you feel like you should they kind of are like well you game companies can do that we're we're gonna go over here um and this is another thing where it's like comic-con like but you're not 
a movie production studio you're not comic books you're not you know but i think they would like to be. but yeah yeah <laughs> they want to be that you know yeah. a a class level thing and so they're like yeah we'll go hang out with paramount and we'll go hang out with uh disney i mean disney's gonna be all over there so yeah yeah and there will be a um a D experience site that's not at where it is but it's supposed to be i think it was three or four blocks i watched somebody walk from where it was to where they're going to be setting it up so i wonder what that's going to be like too um and so if any like just like ted said in his in his video you know people are going to that let us know what it looks like i'm going to try to keep an eye out for it to see if we can get a tour of it or something cool because i think one of the bucket list items i think i have not done is to go to a comic-con like san the comic-con yeah the san diego comic-con and i feel like i at least want to go once you know yeah. i think it's like a pretty big deal i would say bigger really than gen con gen con's niche to gamers that's that group is not as big as like a comic-con movie comics fans i think it's a bigger group than just gamers. well it's it's turning into much more of a it's it's not about comics anymore uh yeah. solely but it is yeah. it's turned into a big media thing so uh the wife went that was also one of her bucket lists and oh. she went well it was a long time ago but because we were cool we her. were early in dating, which is why I didn't go because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I don't have tickets. I don't have that kind of money. And she's like, OK, bye. Um, See ya. But yeah, they said a good time. She went to like a, a True Blood. Uh, that was the big thing. At like the all time, the panels. And she stuff. went to the True Blood yeah. panel and saw um, Suke and all the other people. Mm -hmm. uh, Deborah Ann Wall. Nanjo was there. Deborah Ann Wool was probably there. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of book signings and stuff of authors that she liked. She had a blast, but it's also exhausting. Like, uh, and uh, our friend had their, their new baby with them Ooh. and they specifically won't let strollers into the event because they just take up too much too space. Much. Yeah. And so she had to like lug this baby around for like three days. I was like, oh my gosh, that's gotta be exhausting. So yeah. Would your wife go again? Oh yeah. Like if, if it was, mm. I mean, she's not right, Jordan, the bit to go, but plan a trip. Go okay. to San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, I got a press badge for PAX in Seattle. Oh. Do you want to go to PAX? Nice. What's the date? September. Maybe. Yeah, I'm thinking about it too. <laughs> a couple of people are pressuring me to go, and I'm like, it would be fun to go back to Seattle. Uh, let's talk about Baldur's Gate 3. What's going oh, on? I just saw, this was just a quick note. This is like, proves your note that Friday night, this was not on our notes, and I just happened to get up this morning yeah. and see that the panel had ran. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 is the game that I think in my mind has the single best opening movie for any Dungeons and Dragons property of anything because it has the Nautiloid yeah. ship and a Mind Flayer running from elves on dragons. Come on, you cannot beat that. And it yeah. looks so good. Um, and the game is actually a fun, like, what do they call these? The CRPGs? The. You know, they're, the, they're in the style of uh, original, you know, Baldur's Gate, Original Sin, Divinity. Oh, these I always of, call them um, isometric RPGs. Yeah, and I think there's like a CRPG for some reason. I forget what the C stands for, but, like, it's a more tactical game. It's not, um, as, you know, it's not, like, first-person shooter. It's not MMO. It's it's more um, strategic. Well, CRPG, way. Googling it, it says that that's computer role-playing game. So I don't know if oh, that's the Oh, well, yeah, I don't know if that's for. quite the same thing, but... <laughs> Um, so the big news that they had on their panel, I think this is the sixth time they've done it, their big year-long panel, uh, Patch 8 is out. And now they have added the gnome race, which I think 
gets them very close to having all of the races from the player's handbook. And they added the bard. So now yeah. Jordan can play a bard, which I, I think do would like be bards. pretty fun and cool. The only thing missing, I think I heard, was paladin and monk, maybe? But everything else is in there now, I think. Really? So they've really expanded what's in the game. It sounds like if you tried it <clears throat> months ago or a year ago, yeah. two years ago, a lot of that stuff has been tightened up. A lot of the dialogues have been well, you is know, created it, is better. Is it playable and, in the sense that yeah. I get a full game? Like, who, can I finish no, the story? They, or no. is it still that chapter they one? They cap it. Like, it. I don't think it's chapter one, but I think they cap it around one or two chat can check me on this but they haven't let people see the later parts of the game yet but when i played it i put in like four or five hours and i still hadn't gotten to the end so it's a lot and i was i was trying out the druid and i was trying out um the ranger and i was trying out a wizard and i spent a ton of time yeah they have the main classes but do they have all of the subclasses like no they usually have a couple of okay so you're not not like Yeah, I'm, I can't be a necromancer wizard, but I might have the no, evocation or something or whatever. So yeah, it's it's a lot of players' handbook stuff. I don't remember seeing any like Tasha's or any of that stuff. It's really focused on five E rule set, players' yeah. handbook available stuff. I think they will get there, and I think they have a route to that's going to be their DLC stuff or that's going to be the stuff they add in. Um, to get all these different things. But I think currently it's just getting most of the player's handbook stuff in. But I mean, even that is a pretty big feat because just imagine all the spells you gotta, you gotta put in there, all the mechanics you're having to work around that. There's lots of monsters you're putting in there to, to actually make the story. Um, so there's, a, I just, it has yeah, been pretty I, fun. I agree. I just, it's just funny that, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my shelf where I see Baldur's Gate descent into Avernus. And I think that, that was a tie-in like they changed that to the title Baldur's mm-hmm. Gate to tie in with the game and the game's still not done and I'm just like well I I would love to play it once I once it's done I guess I don't know yeah so. well and the thing they said that I saw um that's been kind of being said about the people that are kind of watching this it feels like this patch was the one where a lot of really high-end polishing is happening and they feel like the next few are get it to the goal line stuff like yeah. not so much keep adding in new content or, or figuring out how to add new mechanics because even adding a bard to a, a computer game imagine the mechanics of the bard class are very different than the mechanics of a lot of the other classes um so now that they have that piece in that would have been that would have taken new engineering that they didn't have for the other stuff whereas i think now from what people are saying the patches are about cleaning it up getting rid of the bugs you know, making sure the story pieces is are are ready, and then get it for the Steam release and the in yeah. the actual full release. So maybe. Well, I hope I hope it's better than Sword Coast Legends because I was very disappointed with that game, and I was very excited for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it plays really good, and I the one that I love a lot is the Pathfinder one, Wrath of Righteousness. Yeah, and that one is really good. So I'm hoping Baldur's Gates three is just as good as that, and. Um, It'll be two of those big games like that out there that are fun. Cool. So, uh, remember, a, I don't think it was last Halloween. Maybe it was a couple of Halloweens ago. Halloween. We got the uh, all those spirit stores and wizards teamed up with Spirit Halloween, and they came out with like the Dritz swords and the the bow. Do you remember all that stuff? Like I bought the Dritz swords. They're on my wall. <laughs> uh, 
they're doing this again and it just kind of cracks i don't know why it cracks me up that they're doing this <laughs> but um they are releasing these like plastic kind of well they're they they almost look like foam rubber masks so uh this halloween you'll be able to buy a uh Dungeons and Dragons Beholder mask, uh, a Mind Flare mask, and that would be a good the one. villain is Venger from the old 80s cartoon with the one oh, horn. Oh, yeah, with the one the, horn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're making those three monsters. Um, Spendy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so the Beholder's mask is $130, oh, and yeah. the Mind Flare mask is $100, and Venger is $90. Um, what, but they're uh, high quality then? They apparently, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm wondering. Mm-hmm. They look nice. They look nice. So I have no idea how they'll fit on your head or what they feel like or whatever. But uh, the Mind Flare one specifically could be a – that's a really cool one to just kind of – I, I want to dress up like a Mind Flare. That would be kind of fun. Um, but yes. for $100, do I want to dress up like a Mind Flare? Mm, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but what's funny is, like, the, the Venture Mask says uh, shipping will begin in August 31st of 2022. And I'm like, okay. That makes sense. And then the beholder mask says shipping to begin November 30th, 2022. And I'm like, those oh, those Halloween beholder make. masks coming around around Christmas. <laughs> that's exactly what we don't want. So I don't know yeah. if that's supply chain shortage again or I don't know. But I was like, man, if that's not in stores. But yeah, so Trick or Treat Studios, I think that is Spirit Halloween. I could be wrong. But they, hmm. they, are, they have all kinds of uh, uh, partnerships that they've done to license things to make whatever for Halloween. So, mm-hmm. um, and I thought well, that was maybe you don't buy it as a mask. Maybe you just hang it from your ceiling and that's a cool beholder. Well, you could do that too. They have those beholder like mounted things that you can buy too from WizKids. So nice. Yeah. Very nice. Anyway, I'll put a link in chat if you're interested. There's also links in the description. Uh, it's just the three things and some wrapping paper, but yeah. So three things and wrapping paper. Yeah. Uh, did you finally watch Stranger Things? I did. Do we, do we need to ever. just skip over this because it'll yes. be the entire show? So this is where we come to the announcement that the Saturday morning D&D show is ending. And it is now going to be the Saturday morning Stranger Things show from here on out. So that's all we're going to talk about ever is more Stranger Things. I think we'll things. get. Yes. I watched what, what, it. Binged we'll get like it nine over, episodes in and be like, I don't know what else to talk about until season five comes out. No, there's so much <laughs> to talk about. There's so much to dive into. No, I have you finished it? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, just so good. I don't even, I don't want to spoil it for people, but for me, probably best season so far. What about you? Uh, Season one was still my favorite Uh, season. And I think this is a a close second. Um, Season three got weird, but I enjoyed it. And I don't, I don't remember liking season two. So season two, I think, was just more of season one. So it doesn't really kind of stand out on its own because I feel like it was a it was like a a wrap up or a a cleanup of season one. But by then it was seasons were going to be its own thing. So by three, it was kind of its thing Four is it's a thing. And now season five, what we think of as the final season, I don't know if they've said they'll do a sixth season looks to be, you know, the setup of the last shot of the last, you know, episode looked epic um but wow what a roller coaster ride what a like all of the actors were spot on and, and amazing all of the little sets they were on and the ven and the venues that they went to and how they split up the different groups again and who went with who and where and 
how things happened. It was just what a crazy good story to have watched. I can't wait to just do it, start it all over again and watch it all again because it was so good. Yeah, there was, and I, I don't want to do spoilers, so I guess I won't talk about this, but I will say that there was one big question that from my perspective, they were hinting at, we're going to answer this question. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't. They very specifically <laughs> went on a tangent to, to not answer that question and i got really angry about it uh and so and then the show ended and i was like what yeah. and so i remember the final episode i was very upset i was like upstairs like Where's my i answer? stayed up late for this they didn't even answer the question <laughs> so we'll see about season five but boy i mean vecna is trending the the word vecna is trending Whoa. higher than dungeons and dragons because of this show and yeah. more people are getting you know filtered back into things uh when season started and a little mm-hmm. bit before uh, I made a video on Vecna like a year and a half ago and mm-hmm. it was like oh everyone's like searching Vecna and that video has been my number one video now for like the last two months because of this show and I'm just like okay I guess people are interested in Vecna um, and that's just the algorithm and they're searching it and they're finding things but it's it's fun how many comments I'm seeing on that video where they're like I'm here from Stranger Things like I'm learning about D&D and I think we even <laughs> talked about this where my friend called me and said, my husband's watching Stranger Things. He wants to play D&D now. Like, yeah. you play D&D, right? I'm like, I do. Right? We should, like, yeah. do a game. So, <laughs> so you, again, we always say, like, it's getting more people into the hobby, and that's awesome. But Yeah. Well, and I think there's always, we've had debates or we've seen debates on, had it re- did it really have an impact or was it really critical role was the big impact or was it, you know, these other, you know, was it community running their, like, little couple episodes of a Dungeons & Dragons or, or references or big bang theory mentioning you know where was it was popularity coming from there or was it wizards generating popularity or was it streaming generating popularity and i just feel like man you cannot deny the power of stranger things putting the words dungeons and dragons or vecna or like we didn't get demogorgon as much but we certainly have mind flayer it seems to be just as prominent you know my wife would knows that word now versus she never would have known that word at all. But yeah. Mind Flayer, Vecna, Dungeons and Dragons. No, you know. uh, Bob, Bob World Builder uh, on YouTube. Uh, uh, I, I want to say friend of mine. We, we've chatted, but we don't <laughs> like we kind of just we communicate through <clears throat> comments because we watch each other's mm-hmm. videos. But he's a very nice guy. Um, he he did a great video where he answered your exact question where you were saying like, well, was yeah. it streaming? Was it this? Or was it the rise of like playing tabletop RPGs over the internet? Was it Twitch, you Mm -hmm. know? And yeah, it probably was like a perfect storm, but his very clear like argument is that no, it was Stranger Things. Like (laughs) it was the fact that that show was so popular. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh, Dungeons and Dragons. I've never thought to play it because like my mom said it was the devil. And now Mm -hmm. we don't care that or people aren't as wrong. scared of the devil as they were back in the eighties <laughs> and seventies. And so it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, Cause I remember the nineties where it's like, burn your Pokemon cards. They're going to lead you down yeah. to hell. And you're like, it's Pokemon. Like it's brightly colored Japanese yeah. cartoons. Come on guys. <laughs> so uh, same thing, you know, but I, I think that that's a huge part of it. And then, Oh, there's this fifth edition D and D out and you just go, pick it up and you see that there's a demogorgon you see this you know so yeah mm-hmm. 
So I, I loved it. I loved all the, the characters in it. I loved the introduction of some of the new characters. Obviously, Eddie Munson is the big, you know, oh, big so new cool. name that everybody, you know. That actor's British, too. Like, I yeah, saw an interview yeah, I, with him, and I'm like, you do not sound like Eddie. But he's really yeah. cool. He's great. Yeah. Great actor. And I, Super fun. That One of the funniest tweets I saw was um, Matt Colwell had said, hey, I didn't give them the rights to my sophomore year of high school. What's going on here? Yeah. And I was just like, that's exactly. There's a certain group of people that I identify with that I was the exact same age they are at that time. That's how high school seemed like to me. Uh That's how things were. You saw those people and those groups and those clothes and those interactions. That was, you know, it was just so spot on to see something like that. And it amazing. But then to throw in something supernatural or to throw in something fantastical or just super cool into it, it was just like, it's everything you want. It's why the movies like Goonies are so good too, because it's like I was a kid at the age of the the cast of Goonies. So when I watched that show, I loved that show. And I think there's lots of people that if you were at that age and identify with the movie that is showing characters of your age, you, it just sticks with you. You know, yeah. it just stays with you. And uh, so I'm so happy they're still doing. It. I can't wait to see what happens now because at this point, without spoilers, we went. So we went Demogorgon, which actually they kind of named a creature that isn't as what we would say is powerful as a Demogorgon in Dungeons and Dragons, right? So we no, kind of gave it, a big name to a small creature, but yeah. They were fighting it in yeah. the game, and so that's why it kind of became that name. So. Yeah, and then they they have to fight a Mind Flayer, at, you know, if you Which go through some of the other seasons. Which is something that controls your brain, and that's why they named so it So that, that works out. And then we get a Vecna because we get this wizard-like person who's doing things that they associate with a wizard, and they would just finish their adventure fighting Vecna so it made sense but where do we go after that we went Demogorgon Mind Flayer and that's the thing we always mention three but there's been four seasons you ever notice there's always three things oh yeah and I think that's why season two was dumb because it was like (laughs) it didn't have its own it was like it was still Demogorgon it was like I don't know yeah Yeah, it was still Demogorgon Demogorgon, starting to set up Mind Flayer yeah 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 so but where could we go now what what iconic thing are they going to pull absolutely from dungeons and dragons basically that would have been they're playing third edition at that point no they're playing no, they're playing no they're playing advanced dungeons and dragons i don't think they're playing advanced dnd the uh i don't think they're playing basic yeah i think they've they got to be playing advanced because one of them's a paladin i think and you don't get that until that's true i don't think you get that until advanced i could be wrong but anyway, it's in that specifically, era. Redbox. Uh, specifically, it's Redbox. <laughs> the, it's one of the, the one of the the little girl that joins them at the game, yeah. she says that she's got this level rogue, and fourteenth uh, level. Someone on the internet was saying like, well, if the show takes place in nineteen eighty whatever, yeah, then they didn't have rogues; they had thieves because that wasn't until AD and D that they got. You know, <laughs> so maybe it's AD and D, and then but maybe it's not AD and D second edition. I'm not sure. I'd have to go yeah. look at the dates, but but it's not third by that point. No, so, no, no, okay, no. so we'll we'll keep it to AD and D, and anything before is is fair game. Third edition was like late nineties. What, what creature can we pull out? What thing above Vecna? Above can Vecna? we? You know, I mean, like could just enter Tiamat, Orcus. That's like, where I was thinking we were going. Some big dragon type yeah. thing. Tiamat would be a big kind of all of a sudden enters everybody's you know vocabulary. Um, because other than that, you're just going to demons or gods or angels or things that are that powerful. But oh, I couldn't so, think of anything so. else. You know, beholders. I was trying to think of anything that was, First you know, super big. Yeah. 
third edition um, was 2000. Yeah, it's not third edition. <laughs> yeah, nope. So, so interesting. I, I can't wait to rewatch it again. Um, many of the pieces, apparently the song that's going around from this one is the Kate Bush song that seems to be popping up everywhere. I've seen videos yep. all over of that. Which I wonder, um, like they were saying like, well, is the Metallica song going to take off as much? And I was like, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I've rewatched that scene a couple times. I think so. it's because people know Metallica and nobody knew this Kate Bush song. And, but yeah. she's made a lot of money. Oh, Lolth. That's a good one. Thank you, Mr. Bidwell. Could be Lolth. That could be a good one. Yeah. I didn't think of that one. But again, that's like a that's a goddess, right? That's a, you know. Yeah, but that, she's then the you're, evil then you're getting into Pantheon. She yeah. had, uh, well, originally it was like the, the demon web pits, and she was the monster Lolth at the bottom of the demon web pits. And so I could mm -hmm. totally see them going that route. Like That'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, and there were spiders. Sure prominent in fourth in in season four they kind of were that was a big theme with one of our bad guys there i won't spoil too much but okay. it's a theme running. too much spoilers so maybe, Get maybe we're guessing it okay we'll come back next saturday when we talk about the stranger things show <laughs> um real quick uh whiz kids announced two really cool bigger minis um one of them i didn't know about but uh these are magic items in D and D. Classic oh. magic items, apparently. And one of them is the apparatus of Kowalish, which is the large crab-looking tank that yeah. you have. You pull different levers, and it does different things. Um, but uh, you'll be able to put your minis in it. Like, it's this huge-looking thing. It looks really cool. Um, and the other one is, I've never heard of this one, but apparently it's a classic, like the apparatus of Kowalish. This is the Mighty Servant of Luke uh, Liuko, and it mm -hmm. looks like a big uh gundam looking mech thing nice. uh and i want it more than i've wanted a lot of things in my life because <laughs> um, you want gundam <laughs> and you could take off the top and put your mini on the inside oh it's so cool so uh they're gonna come out q3 of 2022 which starts in uh november i think is q3 you, so i was just at uh last week when i went cool. to the game store they have a whole wall now of the painted Wizards of the Coast official miniatures. That thing is taller than I am now. Some of the boxes of the dragons are this big. Oh, yeah. They've got them stacked up. I have had no idea how big the miniature thing got until you see them all the possibilities that you can get right now stacked mm -hmm. in one spot. It is floor to ceiling miniatures after miniature. And these are the painted, pretty good quality. Some are really fan giants that are giants and yeah. dragons that are dragons. And well, they have AI that are generating them now. Yeah. So you can get like the, really the yawning portal. Yeah. They had the big yawning portal box. You know, you could pick that up if you wanted. It was like um, crazy what they're putting out. We we were looking. Na uh, DM I'll Nathan take a and I, uh, DM Nathan and I were at free co free RPG day. And we saw the yawning portal, and I was like, "That's really cool." And he made a very good point where he was like, "But I feel like you could buy this generic terrain oh, sure. for less, oh, be God, able to yeah. build that almost exactly, and then at the end of the day, you could still tear it down and use it for something else." Whereas that's like a very static piece of something. Yeah. And so I'm like, and "It's cool, but but you're right. I I don't think I would ever want it." And the prices, yeah, on that's these expensive. things are wow i i there was like a 300 tiamat that was hanging out Ooh. there yeah yeah that's there yeah i was like wow these are crazy i'll take a picture next time i'm in there if i go this weekend yeah, there you go. i'll grab a picture and throw it up on twitter so people can just see 
all in one spot. And they're not the only ones doing it. I saw some Pathfinder ones were out there. I saw like third party ones had like, um, I think they were called Warlock tiles or, That's or Wizkids, something yeah. like that. And yeah. then, but there was also some other companies that weren't them that had their displays yeah. up too. So there's Jordan definitely Ford other people doing it too. You still can do the unpainted. There was a spot for the unpainted. That wasn't as big, but these were like the colored plastic or yep. already painted or already done up. So you just pick it up and off you go. So yeah. if you're huge into miniature games, I mean, it sounds like you can get spending lots of money you can get just about anything you could possibly want <laughs> yeah uh boy and they're pretty don't get me wrong so i don't know we'll yeah. see um very cool let's talk about the game we played so we played the only game i played yeah we played invisible sun um if you guys follow the show you probably know that we we did this a while ago where we played it was supposed to be a one shot the turn to do two nights because we're learning the system and chuckleheads like to chuckle and so we don't really get anywhere. But uh, Indoor Adventure was really pushing us to finish it because he really liked the <laughs> Invisible Sun system. And I said, okay, so three, yeah, months, the bug. three months later, we get back together to finish Invisible <laughs> Sun, the, the one thing. No um, LB though, shame yeah, on Yeah, LB couldn't shame. make it. So it was just uh, uh, Lex and Lucian and Indoor Adventure and myself. Uh, but we had a lot of fun. And the cool thing about Invisible Sun is when somebody can't make it, you just say, oh, they faded back into shadow. And, like, there's a whole, not mechanic, but there's an explanation for it that I kind of like. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think it went how I wanted it to go, but I also hadn't played in so long that I there we spent a lot of time trying to remember how to play. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. Overall, would you play it again? Did you have fun? What's What are your thoughts on Invisible Sun? <laughs> yeah, I I like and am interested in the world yeah. and what we've got to experience. I definitely feel like we have a lot to learn. We did not master that game, and we are really good at understanding role-playing games. I feel like we can read through books and understand mechanics really well, and, and we could pick up any other game much quicker. I still felt like this one, I felt like, wow, we had a lot of ways to go to figure this one out because it's just... And you pointed out it's the the one downside that I will now readily admit the editing of where material is to find it hampers you from learning this game quickly. It doesn't mean yeah. you can't learn it. It doesn't mean you can't do it. It just makes it hard to do it on the spot or on the fly. It really expects you to like Already read through the it. whole book, retain yeah. what you read, mm -hmm. but I read through the whole book and I want to like, oh, how did that rule go? But then you can't find it. And it's, there's the index yeah. is hard. Yeah. It, I feel like it, if I were to take this seriously and do it again, I think I would spend time and either write up my own little thing of rules. So I have a ref, a quick reference to page numbers or something, um, or like Photoshop or pho uh, photocopy a couple of pages. So I have like the key information. Yeah. But. Or like you would, you would build the charts on your DM screen. Yeah. So you had the quick references like you would back in the day, right? Because you always couldn't find the thing you needed either back in the day. So I but I'll take that piece away, take that criticism away. It's such an interesting world that you do want to go back and kind of find out what's going on. The mechanics are enough that you feel like if you do learn them, it's going to be a really fun, crazy kind of game. And it's really exploring some far out ideas and ways of thinking. And that makes it very Monty Cook in my mind. Very, you know, he brings the weird 
into the fantasy, which I always like. And there's something about that whole world that I, I definitely like to get into. And his idea of the magics are so different. It's like you have a Vancean magic that you could kind of play, but then he just threw out there some other magics that are just blow your mind as far as this is how this class plays or this is what this class's magic is like or whatever, you know, being a Visla. And it was just like that I could see diving into the Weaver or diving into, you know, the the apostate. Apostate, apostate, yeah. apostate more, you know, and just figuring out their mechanics even better. Um, so I think it'd be a very interesting thing. I think you need to have a solid adventure in mind. You have to really know the world, I think, so that because your players are going to have lots of questions, yeah. probably more than if you just throw them into a fantasy world and you're like, okay, you guys are in a dark forest. They don't have a lot of questions about dark forests. Right. Everybody like, kind what of color imagines. is the grass? It's green. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're good. But this one but is like, what? You go to this one. Yeah. You're like, you're telling me about a house and it looks kind of like an owl, and it, but it's not. And it has big eyes and it's got, you know, it's like, there's yeah. lots of stuff going on that you're like, it's a Salvador I have no Dali reference painting for. <laughs> yeah. As a campaign setting. Yeah, yeah. So I was thinking about this a lot and I was thinking back to when I was learning AD&D and mm -hmm. fifth edition, which was at the same time. So how I started with D&D is I got invited to an AD&D game and we played that for like a month and then it fell apart. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to go buy fourth edition stuff because yeah, fourth yeah. edition's the latest. And then we played fourth edition until fifth edition came out and here we are today. But mm -hmm. I, I spent a good chunk of time uh, reading those books and learning them and then made lots of problems at the table. And we... I don't think that this was any different. I think in my mind, uh, just like yeah. you said, like I'm familiar with RPGs. I should be faster at this. I'm frustrated that I'm not. <laughs> but I was thinking about it the other day where I'm like, if I am, if I took my time and just treated it like this is the game I'm going to play for the next year, we're yeah. going to meet up, we're going to learn it together, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, that uh, it would not feel so daunting. And I, mm -hmm. would, I would get it and I would start to understand what's happening and we would roll, you know, like, because we jumped right into an adventure, but the first session is like building your house with your players and building a territory mm -hmm. where you live and things like yeah. that. Like a lot of that is to answer those questions of like, what is a Visley? How did I get here? And things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and to really kind of solidify your characters. Um, I went with a friend to go see Lo Thor Love and Thunder on Thursday. Ooh. And he is new to RPGs. Um, we actually started playing RPGs because uh, his wife really likes RPGs. And she comes to my DCC nights. And then he came to a DCC night and was like, this is amazing. I've never played an RPG. So now he really <laughs> likes them. But uh, they have another Dungeon Master friend. And they were playing 13th Age. And he was saying, have you ever played 13th Age? And I, I was like, no, I haven't. I was like, I have it a book because I, I was recommended to me. But I've I haven't really it, yeah. like read through it. And he said that was the best like RPG experience he's ever had because there were some like secrets and some other stuff. And then the way, and I don't know if this is in that game or it's the way the dungeon master did it, but they were saying, he was saying that it, each character in their 13 sessions had a session that was devoted like just to that character. And he's like, sometimes they were funny. Sometimes they were like silly. Sometimes they like made you ball. You're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this happened to you. And you, you had such an investment with that character 
compared to something like DCC, where it's like, oh, you died, roll up something else, you know? Here's another one. Um, <laughs> and I, th I was thinking, I was like, I think Invisible Sun is like that, where you yeah. get very invested in this character, because even if your character dies, it's not the end. You know, you can hmm. travel to uh, the Pale, which is where all dead things go, and bring your friend back and things like that. So I, but there's that learning curve. And so I think you just need yeah. to have those friends that are like, no, I'm willing to do this. We're gonna, we're mm -hmm. not gonna do a one shot. Like that might be fun or it might be enough to get you excited about it. But now yeah. we need to like take the time to figure it out, so. Yeah, and, and I think the one thing that makes it just slightly different is that you have to learn this world. Yeah. That's really crazy, but you also have to learn the mechanics. Because the world is So you're learning two system. different yeah. things. Because like we could learn mechanics, but then like you would change the color of the sun and all of a sudden that would change what's going on. And then like there's this whole line of suns. And yeah. I think eventually a good player who understands this world and understands all that, that's an amazing thing that's happening when, when that's transitioning and, and you're going to these different places and maybe you're going to these different neighborhoods and you're, you're experiencing these different stories. But there's so much to try to figure out what that is or what a what a what they call a magic item, you know, an ephemeral. Ephemeral um, object. How yeah. would you use it? How <laughs> yeah, you and you're like, it? you don't just call how it a magic item. Things? He's got these funny yeah. names for everything. That it's everything like, has its own name. Yeah. Everything is different, Whereas you know, in some way. Fifth edition, they called it advantage, and you're like, well, what's that? Well, you roll two dice and you take the higher. I instantly yeah. remember the word. I instantly know what it does for the rest of my time. Yeah. But. Uh, when I say like, okay, add those up, that's your venture. You're gonna take your venture and yeah. subtract it from your fort and like, what? And so, because he gave it all funny names to try to make it yeah. more of its own world, you know, so. Yeah, so there's definitely a, a world you're learning that is a very interesting, but very different world than I think anybody would ever have played in so far for most people. Yeah. And a different mechanic system. So you're learning two things at once. So that's the only thing that I think makes it a little tougher than some of the other stuff that you pick up. But I, I agree. It is that same feeling of if you devoted yourself, I think you would get it and you would be able to tell some really fun and cool and stories. And I don't think it would be as intimidating as we're making yeah. it sound. I think no. it's just originally like when I learned D&D, &D, which I, I'll admit that could be a complex thing because there's there's the base rules, but then if every class fantasy. twists it to a different way, you know, like it's not... Yeah. It's not, I would I would argue that you know playing like old school essentials or maybe not DCC but like you know there's there's easier games to try and figure out right. um, with an audience yeah. that hasn't been exposed to it right so like if you're yeah. playing with your parents and you were trying to you know your your dad was saying okay I've read this book and there's this beholder thing and I have to describe that to somebody who has no experience with it and I have to describe the mechanics of your class to your mom and your mm -hmm. uncle and you know like people who just they're their hobbies and things didn't have fantasy books that they were reading or fantasy shows that they were watching or, or anything to give them a reference. That means the dungeon master has to set that reference for everything. Yeah. And if they didn't know it very well, then, you know, yeah. So I think yeah. that's where we were. We don't know Monty Cook's world very well, but could you imagine playing that if Monty Cook was running it? Oh, oh my yeah. God. That'd be amazing. Oh my God. Crazy well, and good. even, even us who have played Numenera, had a leg up, I think, than Lex, who was like, I yeah. don't know anything. And we were even talking like, well, Monty Cook, he like was one of the primary designers of Planescape. Mm -hmm. And then everyone at the table was like, oh, now so it's it like, sense. it's really <laughs> weird. Like Planescape, oh. That weird. Gotcha. Um, and I was like, yeah. And so when you start doing that, you're like, okay, I understand what it means when I say like Monty Cook, so. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, but it was Numenera's fun. If you're if you're interested, guys, we have. Uh, I haven't finished editing this episode, but I did record the audio, and I'm going to put it on Patreon, mm-hmm. so uh, you can listen to the the first half of the one shot, our thoughts about it, and then the second half of the one shot I'll upload eventually. Uh, but it was it was fun. It was interesting. So my favorite statement you just said was. That adventure didn't really go the way I thought it was. It and I'm not. thinking, you've got indoor adventure, you've got Lex, and you've got me. How could any adventure go the way you think it's going to go? Yeah, well, well, yeah. But I think it was like, I think I left and I'm just like, I hope they had fun. And then I was like, yeah. well, they did because, they, you know, we had fun. But yeah. Uh, but overall, it was just kind of this, it was, it felt like a very anticlimactic ending. And I, th- and I think you yeah. wanted to fight something and oh, we never I- actually fought anything. And yeah, so I was like, everybody oh, was very okay. anti-fight. Yeah, they all wanted to really negotiate with this. <laughs> yes, yeah. so we didn't really fight it. Yeah, we didn't like, get into combat mechanics, so we so don't I was know like, what those okay. look like. It was funny. Uh, hashtag draw Patreon game. Yep, we're we're gonna get on it. Draw. Um, that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Unless Illusion yes. had anything else you wanted to say. Nope. I'm gonna go out to dinner with my lady here, Ooh, or lunch, brunch, nice. something like that. I'm gonna uh, trim a hedge with wow. my hedge trimmer. Wow. I know. Very cool. Hashtag dad things. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this was fun. We'll be back next week, maybe with some more uh, teasers and stuff. We'll see if Radiant Citadel gets any more information before we leave. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching, and we'll see you uh, next week. If not before, take care.